so I um, went, I grew up in Indiana um, in a town called Carmel, Central Indiana, and I um, always grew up really loving design and um, actually was really involved in theater growing up as well as art. So I had a really strong fine arts background. And I felt like my um, early education and high school education, as well as my travel experiences, really um, kind of formed me and shaped the desire to seek something um, pretty encompassing of that in, in school. So for undergrad, I went to Ball State University. And I actually um, was crazy enough to do two majors. So I did an undergraduate in architecture, and then I also did a graphic design um, degree. So I graduated in uh, 2011 with two degrees <laughs> from Ball State. And I wasn't really sure where I wanted to go with that, whether it was more in the design realm or whether it was architecture. Um, and it was still kind of in the recession, um, you know, that hit the architectural profession a little bit delayed from 2008. So it was a little bit harder to find jobs, but I was one of the lucky ones in my class to, to get a job uh, working at a small firm in downtown Indianapolis. Um, we were mainly focused on healthcare, so that market was still pretty much uh, driving our, um, you know, the architectural practice at the time. And um, so, yeah, I, you know, I took the job and fell in love with healthcare. So it kind of wasn't something I was planning on loving, but I knew that I wanted to um, further my experience in it and seeing the way that buildings design, uh, building design impacts human health as well as um, environmental health. And the well-being of communities was something that was really um, powerful. And so I moved to Washington, D.C. I took a job at Smith Group um, in their healthcare design studio uh, shortly after. And I worked there for about two years and found you when I decided to um, apply to various different schools for um, to study healthcare and, and to get my master's in architecture. Great. So uh, tell me a little bit about uh process of applying to architecture schools. Um, when we when we met, uh, take us through your experience from at least from what you remember. Okay, well, I think I was crazy. I decided to apply to like nine schools. Uh, if I could do that over again, I would probably narrow it down a little bit more. But, you know, I again, I came from such a varied interest um, and a lot of background with not only art and architecture, but healthcare. I also have a secret life in archaeology where I work as a surveyor on different archaeological sites across the world. So I thought maybe historic preservation was a route I wanted to look at too. Um, after work, you dress up as an archaeologist. <laughs> in the summers, I work as an archaeologist. Uh, no, um, but no. And so I think, you know, I cast a wide net in school um, in terms of applying. And like I said, I think I, I applied to eight or nine programs of which, um, you know, your process really helped me to kind of frame my portfolio, my brand, kind of hone in on each of those specialties and kind of put my best foot forward with each of those modalities and kind of help me frame each application. Um, although we did end up reusing, I think the same portfolio or a very similar version of the portfolio in each of them. Um, that was really helpful. So, I mean, I, I think I spent like, six months <laughs> preparing all those application materials and then um, was lucky enough to get into most of the schools I had applied to. And of those, I got into the dual programs of, I think it was Berkeley, uh, Columbia, RISD, and Clemson. And those were kind of my final four and um, I narrowed it down from there. You know, it was it was a really tough choice. I think you know my top, after going to all the open houses, I went, I went to Berkeley, like you mentioned, I went to um, 
Columbia, I went to RIS. I didn't go to the RISD open house, but I was um, uh, interested, of course, in their program. But then I also went to Clemson. And I remember sitting in Columbia's open house and uh, <laughs> saying, you know, someone was saying, oh, you know, they don't offer financial aid for the first year and it's a three year program. And I had already come from a background in architecture. And I remember raising my hand and saying, well, it would cost me at the graduate student rate, you know, increasing at six from three to six percent that year too. For loans, it would have cost me, I think, seventeen hundred and fifty dollars um, uh, a month for thirty-five years. And I was I raised my hand. I was like, "Well, how do you make that back?" You know, I, I worked in the industry, of course, and um, felt like I already had a pretty good salary for um, for my position and knew what the cap was, and that was just unthinkable. And I remember them telling me that you can't put a price on a dream. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, you can." Yep. So uh, yeah, no, that was so. Unfortunately, Columbia was out. And um, it was Berkeley was uh, was a really great offer too, but um, I did choose to go to Clemson. Remember the specific offer that they gave you? I think they gave me a president, or they gave me uh, some scholarship that was um, for both the MARC uh, two and the Urban Master of Urban Planning dual degree. So I know they admit a certain number of students for both of them, and I was lucky enough to get into both. And I think there, I think it was sixteen thousand dollars a year, um, which was great. You know, it was a, it was pretty significant. Um, and I think on top of that, offering a graduate assistantship, and then after a year, having into in-state tuition. But it was still a three-year program, and I was, um, you know, my parents were very, uh, very generous to help with my undergraduate education. But I was, I was pretty much putting this one uh, on my own, so that was um, still a little tough. But uh, especially because Clemson had offered a full scholarship, so. Um, that was that was one of the big factors, and also Clemson. Um, they have the best healthcare architecture program in the country. Um, it's actually harder to get into uh, that program than it is to get into Harvard. <laughs> I didn't believe that until I, I yeah, sat oh, on the yeah. other side of the admissions for a little bit um, while I was there and realized that. So uh, yeah, and they accept eight students a year into that program, and I was lucky enough to get a seat. And you know, the faculty and the passion and. Uh, you know, I wanted to pursue healthcare, so there was no better place um, in the country for me. And it was it was a really good, ended up being the best decision. <laughs> Even though it was a little tough to say no to Berkeley, I'm not gonna lie. I remember that was a, that was a struggle, but it was a good choice. What was the name of the, of the fellowship that you got at Clemson? There was a specific name. Oh, let's see. So Clemson offered me a, um, they call it like their, I think it was a, presidential scholarship or it was the academic um i got both an aia scholarship to clemson and then also their um, graduate assistantship award which um allowed me to have in-state or really reduced tuition and then on top of that or I, that was the scholarship and then on top of that i got the graduate assistant award which allowed me to work when i was there for i think 20 hours a week for and it was a guaranteed position um as long as my you know gpa stayed up which it did so it was it was uh it was a good and then they also uh, delayed my admission a semester in order for, you know, one of the big draws for Clemson was their study abroad programs. Um, they have a really great fluid campus program for both their general Master of Architecture students as well as their, um, uh, like their undergraduate student. They have uh, offsite locations in Barcelona and Genoa, Italy. Um, but in the healthcare, because the curriculum is so rigorous and it's such a concentrated and special thing. Um, there wasn't the opportunity to travel abroad, and that's something that I really wanted. So I negotiated um, delaying my admission a semester in order to 
enter with the general Master of Architecture students in the spring and get an abroad semester. So my first semester at Clemson was actually in Italy, uh, which was cool. And that was um, paid for by the college as well. So that was that was great. I ended up going two and a half years, but it was worth it for the extra extra time abroad. Um, I want to go back to before we start discussing Clemson a little deeper. Uh, I want to go back to the application. I was wondering what was uh, the part of the process that we used that uh, you found most useful. Oh, let's see. There were several. I think. Um, I think you know it was my first time utilizing any kind of outside service like this, you know, an undergrad. And of course, you go through portfolio development classes and you can find blogs online. But really just having someone look comprehensively at you and having that outside perspective um, and seeing the like you were able to connect dots about me that I wasn't maybe able to see myself or formulate a narrative that was strong. And obviously, I mean, not convincing in like a like crafting it in an in authentic way, it was still very, very authentic, but it took someone on the outside to um, help formulate that or help me see that. Um, so that was really helpful. Um, and then also just the process of distilling down, you know, I think in my particular case, I had so much, I had so much um, difference. I had, you know, archaeology work, I had architecture work, I had a whole art, graphic design and fine arts portfolio and theater. And I feel like I had all of these pieces. Um, and so I think the the process of kind of narrowing it down to three or four projects to tell an overall story about myself and synthesizing that with my narratives and made sure my, you know, my whole package was cohesive. Everything from the cover letters that I wrote to the essays to how the portfolio read to like what the key points were that I needed recommenders um, to say and to, to validate or to, to speak to. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, you're branding yourself, right? It's like a whole process and I've never done that before. And I think that was, I know that's probably a very generic, large answer, but I think that you need that in order to apply to architecture school successfully. And I think that um, having that clear sense of yourself and formulate and really, really being, yeah, I guess, yeah, clear about that, that that's really important. Um, and I think that makes all the difference in a successful application versus one that's just mediocre. You feel that uh, some of the skills, I, I don't know if you uh, brought anything from the things that we worked on or learned during that process into your studies at Clemson. Uh, did it benefit you at all as a student at Clemson later on? Or did you discover something new about yourself or, or not? Yeah, I think um, the, like from just the hard skills perspective on you know the composition of a portfolio and what all needs to go in there and how you you were very process driven you know you it was never about the product in my portfolio i don't know about other portfolios that you've coached or worked on but mine was always a process and i think i took that narrative through a lot of my subsequent portfolios and applications for fellowships applications elsewhere um and it just sort of evolved and it was really interesting. I've been going through this process now applying to different awards um, or being nominated for different awards and having to provide all these materials for and looking back, I still reference that portfolio and I still kind of see how, again, that process of branding yourself and being really like kind of boiled down and synthesize who, what you're about and who, what, what are your values and um, 
you know, that was the backbone decision for why I chose my school. That was, of course, the narrative I displayed throughout the portfolio. But then that becomes still that same background. It's different work, different context, different scenarios that you're still going through in life, right? But it's still the very core things that um, you fall back on. So I think, you know, those those I still definitely used throughout and still do, which is great. I want to... Um... Talk a little bit about your awards now. Let's let's talk about where you are now, and then maybe talk about Clemson because I want to discuss Clemson uh, compared to where you are now and how it okay. helped you get to where you are. Because you're sure. already you're already very successful on track to greatness. So I'm just curious. <laughs> let's start from that. I know that you received some awards. Um, let's talk. Let's just mention them. Let's just list them. And what is that you do specifically, and where do you work? All right. So. This is a whole story, Elis. <laughs> My whole path after Clemson is quite a story. But yes, right now I am in Washington, D.C. again. I uh, work at uh, HOK in their um, healthcare studio here. I'm a medical planner and a healthcare designer. Um, and I've been there, I've been here now for since 2017. Um, so a couple of years and love it. Absolutely love it. Um, Let's see. So, yeah, this past um, fall, I recently won a. I'm sorry, uh, I'm, going to I'm going to interrupt you. I know that you also worked for a very good firm before HOK, which was time, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. I worked for, um, I, I also worked for Mass Design Group right out of school. So, that was, um, you know, I was awarded a big fellowship right when leaving Clemson um, called the Global Health Corps Fellowship. And that was, um, you know, an honor and a, a big achievement to win. And I went to work for Mass Design Group. Um, I was working on different prototype hospitals and um, specifically the Narangangay District Hospital. And uh, while I was at Mass too, it was kind of an extension of thesis work that derived from my Clemson studies in terms of prototype hospitals and, um, you know, kind of the intersection of policy, global health and, and architecture, which was great. Um, yeah. So that was that was an that was my path right out of school, and then I I obviously am now with a more global focused firm, um, HOK, which has been wonderful too. And how have how have you been doing since you joined HOK? Uh, pretty well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been I've been doing very very well. Um, so since joining HOK, uh, I've been working on really large scale healthcare work. Um, kind of all over the US and I've been working on very large scale projects with um, international teams too that has been really rewarding um, specialty hospitals that you know it's a scale like I, I I liked the work that we were doing at mass um, I I had some I had ended up having some kind of disappointments I think with the firm at large um, leaving there to be honest but I think I was inspired by you know their work and and the the idea behind it, um, but I was looking for more of a a learning opportunity and a reality that that was kind of more in line with where I needed to grow as a designer and a leader. And I'm I'm finding that very well at HOK. It's been a good fit. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about your aspirations as an architect. What are, what are your goals? Let's talk about that first, and then we'll go back to Clemson because I really want to talk about Clemson. But let's Sorry. talk about your goals. What are your aspirations for the future? Where do you want to be when you're 60? I think I'm <laughs> I don't know. It changes. Um, you know, I just, um, I just 
recently won this big award called the Rising Star in Design Healthcare Design Award by Healthcare Design Magazine, and that was a huge honor. Um, and I feel like they ask you the same thing, <laughs> and I still don't know the answer to where I want to be or what I want to do. But I think you know, right now, um, I'm in an environment that I'm learning how to take on these large scale projects. I'm learning how to manage them. I'm learning how to um, plan for you know billions of dollars of infrastructure and specialty tertiary healthcare and i think you know i want to still be a leader in that um you know i think when i look back at mass that was my my dream job forever it really was and i think that i learned some really valuable lessons about what to do um and what not to do and i really learned and also very much unlearned a lot about myself in that process so i think you know having other firms that are competitive in that nonprofit market um, to really validate some of those things or to bring a rigor to it that I, I feel is very much needed, at least in the space of healthcare, is something I would love to start. Um, it's something I would love to do, but I, I would love, I, in order to be the leader in that space, I, I very much need to learn how to, how to, um, how to do that well and, and not just jump in and pretend like I can do it well, you know? Um, so that's, that's sort of my driver and where I hope I end up. And I really want to supplement my education um, even after this with public health, uh, master of health administration, you know, something that is more in the arm of healthcare and health policy and delivery. So that's another stepping stone. So that's a long winded answer to say, I don't know, but I think I'm on the path to, to getting there. And, and I guess my dream would be filling the gaps that I saw very much in, in working at a nonprofit and being those gaps, you know, filling those um, and being, to being, you're editing this out, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, being yeah. A, okay. Like, I guess my dream is just in order to be a leader in that space, I saw all the gaps and they're pretty gaping and I'm really dedicated to filling them. So, and that's a lot of personal, um, personal growth and professional growth that has to happen in order before I make that jump into more of that sector. Right. Um, do you feel that the bit that the business degree or an administrative degree, um, uh, in uh, maybe public policy or something like that? uh is is necessary or is just something that would be a just a nice feather in your cap no i think it's necessary and i also think that or finding you know a partner or someone with that that we would complement each other you know but i do think just from a personal i'm always a learner <laughs> i obviously like love learning um so i think for me personally to understand a whole different business side of it um would be critical um and i also think that bringing design thinking and leveraging that into alternate careers is also valuable. So I think my peers would also have a lot to learn from me in a program like that, um, or I would have a lot to offer the program. Um, yeah, is the nonprofit uh, model of IDO perhaps something that you're- I love IDO. <laughs> yeah, they also have IDO.org, which is their uh, nonprofit arm. Is that, mm -hmm. you know, fits more your- uh... I think so, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very interested in that. So we'll see. I'm still trying to figure out the right, um, you know, the right fit. So at least with HOK, it's been awesome. I've been able to do a lot of pro bono work um, through the firm. And I've also been able to lead some of those initiatives too. So also academic and professional partnerships. Um, I've also been able to, to volunteer and, and do some work with, which has also been very inspiring and, and, and a more sustainable model, I think, in a lot of ways, but also, you know, shortcoming that maybe a, a for-profit or, um, excuse me, a, a non-for-profit model would... Um, also fill. So I, I've been learning a lot about different models of architecture and, and kind of the realities of operating within each one of them. Um, so it's, you know, that's been interesting. Um, 
let's talk a little bit about Clemson now. Um, I think that my main interest is to find out whether schools of architecture, uh, in your case, Clemson, actually managed to prepare you for the career that you want. Mm. Uh, schools of architecture tend to be very expensive and uh, they're essential, they have to be an investment and you have to get a return on that. Do you feel that you're doing that return and do you feel that you, are being, you have been prepared for what you expect to achieve in your life? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Again, I think that's one of the best decisions I made was going to Clemson, um, and especially, especially that program because the calories, like my goal was pretty narrow um, in terms of I really wanted to do something with healthcare, and I knew that pretty much. I mean, if you look at the Clemson alumni network from healthcare architecture, I mean they're the heads of every single big major firm, and they're doing really, really amazing things. And that network is so tight knit, so I knew that. Having that and learning from those people are like, I couldn't get a better education um, and experience and, you know, leverage that. So that has been really, really valuable um, versus if I still had that interest in healthcare and say I went to a, a Berkeley, for example, and not to say I couldn't absolutely still do great in healthcare architecture, but I think I would have had a disadvantage um, versus coming from a program like Clemson. So that you you would not be as well positioned in the field. Of yes, work. yes, and not. I mean, you can still. I mean, Berkeley is an excellent school, right? Yeah. Um, but I just mean that from the the field of healthcare architecture, yeah. I think you know that was positioning me much better to go um, to Clemson in order to have a career in that way. And also, I mean, just the rigor of the academics, they do train you to be a generalist specialist degree. So on top of the healthcare classes, I also had to take all the regular master of architecture requirements and classes, right? Um, so it really is a rigorous program to train you in both modes, but you know, all your projects, all of my projects were um, very focused um, on health and wellness in the built environment, but not just, oh, I'm gonna design a hospital or oh, I'm gonna do this clinic. It was very much more about, you know, one health and the environmental health and sustainable impacts on building structures and kind of seeing it as a more holistic view of, of health in, in the environment and not just, you know, punctuated by a, you know, hospital here, clinic here, like something really prescriptive, I should say. Um, yeah, so that was, that was really helpful. And I think also Clemson allowed me to, and especially my relationship with David Allison, who's the, the head of the healthcare program, um, you know, he was the biggest influence and mentor to me in that program. I can't say enough good things about Dave, although he's tough. He's really tough. And that program was very tough. Um, it was, he was, is he uh, head of the program? Yeah, David's the head of the program. But he um, really also allowed me a lot of opportunities to do. I mean, I, I think I was the atypical Clemson student in that I just kind of crafted my own like itinerary, even from the beginning, right, of wanting to go and study abroad in Genoa. Um, but I also did a thesis, uh, or graduate student thesis, where I was looking at... Um, Actually, you know, I, I'm going to step back a minute. Before then, when I was a student, uh, a friend of mine and classmate of mine and now colleague, she, um, she and I were, it was back in 2015 during the Ebola epidemic, which is um, kind of, you know, of the times now, it's it's still very relevant. But we, uh, we entered into a competition for a mobile isolation unit to curb communicable disease outbreaks for um, uh, specifically in East Africa. And we won the competition. It was an international competition from the Union of International Architects Public Health Group. And that kind of jump-started my interest in um, 
kind of doing these more developmental projects and also prototypes and kind of what happens to those models afterwards and how can you have a little bit more of a sustainable Im implementation of those so that kind of led to my thesis work which the following year I won a, a big fellowship to um, look at storefront primary care delivery um, and prototype um, healthcare facilities that would um, be integrated into developing context and I got to go to Ethiopia and in, in Addis Ababa and um, help implement them. So, and then from there, I won the Global Health Corps Fellowship, which took some of that work further into the stuff that I was working on at Mass. So it was kind of this big snowball of, <laughs> of things. But again, I would never have been able to do that without going to a program like Clemson and having those opportunities and winning those competitions and having those um, fellowship and, and awards um, that were able to support me. So can we deconstruct the program a little bit more? Can we... Mm -hmm. Uh, talk about the people involved in the program. You mentioned David before, but uh, are there? Uh, can you talk about the faculty as well as the students, as well as uh, in general the life of a Clemson student? What was your experience like, not just academically but also personally? Okay. Um, so again, I think Clemson it has the general Master of Architecture program, and it also has the. Um, like the healthcare studio, right? And those two studios sit separately within the building. Um, the building was designed by um, Thomas Pfeiffer. So it's a really beautiful modern addition to kind of their older architecture building on campus and really collaborative um, space in that in that building. I know, again, we sat in a different section. So we kind of have our own, it, it operated more like a, like a firm. Everyone had their own kind of desk and computer. And it was a, it was a very, um, kind of different experience than maybe what people would have um, experienced in Lee Hall, although still in the very much the spirit of the collaboration and um, kind of open floor plate and everyone knows what everyone's doing and it's very, very fluid. Um, I would say that one of the things I wish that happened more and during my time at Clemson was more of an integration between the general program and the healthcare program. Um, I mean, it happened, of course, in like the overlapping coursework and classes that we had to, to prepare, but I think there was a divide and naturally because we would be working on specific projects for our program and they'd be working on specific projects for theirs, but just more of that cross um, collaboration, you know, and when it did happen, it was wonderful, right? Um, like different design build opportunities in their, um, the general master of architectures, like they have a concentration in community build. Um, you know, like integrating some of those with health and healthcare would have been um, cool. And I think that's something that that would be neat to see in the future. Um, well, in terms I, of- I'd like to interrupt you there. This is, an, this is something that a lot of students are complaining about. The fact that there's no integration between, let's say the building technology pro, uh, mm -hmm. to take per semester, the studio course, maybe the history of theory and criticism course. Um, in your case at Clemson, you have that you know, one more variable, which is, of course, the uh, healthcare administration courses that you take. Um, how would you uh, suggest that, that happens? I mean, how, how, can, how can one integrate all these different fields together in a way that uh, you're productive and in a measurable way, you can actually say that you've achieved go the, the separate goals for each course at the same time, integrate them in one thing? I think that's a really good question. I think, you know, in terms of Clemson's case, I would have loved to have been able to take more electives. Like our, our program was so rigorous. We had, you know, very set classes each time. I think we had room for two electives throughout my two years there um, to be able to branch out and take some of those coursework or kind of cross courses. Um, 
but I do think that it's more maybe in the studio um, rather than in the elective courses that could happen. Uh, excuse me, whether that's have, you know, a joint effort in terms of like having different studios come together on a joint project or whether that's a vertical studio where you have second years working with first years um, on a similar project and then you can branch out in different aspects and, and tailor it to the specific academic point and learning objectives that they're at right there. Um, there needs to be more of that. I mean, the other thing that I would say that I was shocked at when I left Clemson was we we worked on projects with groups and with teams pretty much my entire career at Clemson, right? I don't, I think I maybe worked on one individual project like once for a semester, like one semester. And I think that's so important because some of my colleagues that I work with today have come from other programs where all they did was individual work. And I mean, they even described studios where you put tents over your, over your, <laughs> your desk so no one sees what you're doing. And that just to me is absurd because that's not architecture. It does never, it will never ever operate that way. It is never about you. It's always about a teamwork and, you know, projects don't operate in silos. And so I guess in that, that aspect, I was very happy I went to a program, but I know some students were very like, they wish that there was more one-on-one -on -one or like kind of solo projects so that they could distinguish themselves or so that they could try a different avenue. So I don't know what the balance of that is, but um, I do know that I, I came from a program whose pedagogy was very much all about collaboration. Um, is there anything else that you feel uh, you didn't like about Clemson? I think, you know, I mean, Clemson, it was a blessing and a curse that it was in the middle of like nowhere <laughs> in South Carolina. So I had never been to South Carolina prior to going to Clemson. I mean, I guess maybe like Myrtle Beach when I was growing up, but that doesn't really count. Um, so on the one hand, you know, that kind of isolation from other places, you know, I mean, Greenville's a wonderful city, but an hour away, um, you're two hours from Atlanta, you're two hours from Charlotte. Um, so that rural life was coming when I was moving from DC there, or I guess in this case, Italy there too. Um, that was a shock. It was definitely a shock. Small town living was a shock. I think there are six bars at Clemson, two of which are like, okay, for graduate students to go to. Um, so I think that was good in the sense that all you there the only thing to do was study <laughs> and like be in studio there was literally nowhere else um to be but then the bad thing was you kind of you know um you don't maybe get the exposure that you would going to a, a school in the middle of a city like new york or boston or dc or something so that was that was the struggle um so you brought something very interesting up you spent most of your time in studio uh yeah yeah absolutely like I, think I, slept. I mean i also <laughs> i was also like the graduate assistant to dave so um i mean there was a group of us of course each year that were but i think also on top of my coursework i you know was owing him work or working for the school for 20 hours of my week too which happened in studio so yeah i mean they set you up there to work live and breathe in studio and i know that that's a big point of contention right now with not just clemson but a lot of schools are, are talking about that unhealthy expectation and balance of always being there i mean we always worked on group projects so that's where you meet you know that's kind of what you have to do and i guess i have a mixed feeling about that you know on the one hand that environment over time could become toxic but it's also like i mean a lot of the innovation happens at three in the morning when you're sitting there next to somebody, you know, sketching or like working on a project. So it was, again, a blessing and a curse, but just the nature of it. I don't know that I agree that architecture school has to be that way or should be that way, but it, it is that way, I think, 
regardless of where you go. Um, um, for better, for worse. What about socializing? Does uh, socializing have a play an important role in the Arctic's education? <laughs> uh, it should. I think in my case, um, that was something I personally struggled with a little bit. Um, the good thing about Clemson was that in my eight-person class, half of us were from um, or were international students. So I did feel like I got, despite being in a small town in South Carolina, uh, a lot of diversity within the program and diversity of thought, which was great. But I do think that in general, I think graduate students, <laughs> this is horrible to say, but like they're the most miserable people, right? I mean, you're like barely getting paid, you're barely getting by, like it's just really not a lot to be happy about, right? You're always getting criticized, always working on a project, completely under, like not eating well, probably not sleeping. So I don't mean to paint that a grim picture, but it is kind of that thing you have to go through. And I can't say I was happy always going through that. Um, I think socialization is, yes, very important, but I know that is something that, I mean, I, I made some of my closest friends in graduate school, but that was like, because we spent all the time together, regardless, you know, it was like a family and families are both functional and dysfunctional. You love them, but it's, you know, there are tough times too. So I think, I think it's a, it's a mixed bag. At least that one with me is something I personally did struggle with a little bit is just maintaining a balanced and healthy social life. And um, when there are so many demands on your time and, and there's so much that you have to juggle with, with school. Before you mentioned that uh, you missed uh, being probably in like like a large urban center or close to a larger city or something where things were happening, only six bars, etc. Uh, had you been in New York, let's say that you had the opportunity to go around and experience the city or Boston or like a, another place, do you feel that uh, it would have made a difference in your education if you had the opportunity to experience the life of the city, etc.? In what way? I think so. I mean, I think, you know, you're inspired by your surroundings. And um, I think a city like Boston and New York has so much heritage and history and museums and resources and, and just general avenues to explore and learn in other ways, right? So I could imagine on the one hand, and, and in my head, because I obviously didn't go to a city, <laughs> school in a city, it would be like this mecca of learning, right? It's like you have, but then, yeah, to your point, I... Do you, do you balance that with the guilt of not being in studio? Do you, can you afford it? <laughs> like, I mean, you're a student, right? So I don't know, I guess that's like a double-edged sword, but you can still absorb. And I'm a big sketcher, as you know, like I, I feel like I would have drawn a lot of inspiration from case studies or going to visit offices or firms or seeing what work was happening. I mean, that's, you know, you don't need to, uh, money or um, you just need time, right, to do that. So I don't know. Yeah, it, it's interesting to think about, but. I, I think I would have been inspired by that surrounding. And I think students can be for sure. I think it's just the balance of, of doing that on top of schoolwork and, and being able to, to kind of find that balance. But I do feel like more opportunity could come to you in a bigger city in a lot of ways too. Um, for me with Clemson, the biggest thing was like our network. You know, I mean, we have alumni all over the world and we're very, very close. And, um, you know, we were thankfully as part of the healthcare studio able to go to different conferences and events and travel a lot for projects. And so I, I did a lot of traveling when I was at Clemson, but I imagine in a big city, if you had a lot of those resources right there, that would have been different. So. Um, if you were, to, is there anything, any course that you would add to the curriculum of Clemson? Anything, um, you could add two or three courses. 
um, what was missing from Clemson? So again, from the healthcare studio, um, we are we were very. I feel like I got an excellent, excellent education in healthcare planning, and I feel like that I was able to push the boundaries of you know to have a great healthcare facility or any facility that facilitates health, so to speak. You have to marry both the planning and design, right? I mean. You can, whereas I think in other design studios, you would focus on the gem of something, right? It has to look a certain way. It has to be beautiful. But, you know, that's so disconnected from the reality of needing to function. So you have to kind of find the the in-between. And I think we were very heavily, heavily um, educated on how, how to make something work and how to make something very effective and then design, you know, and I think marrying those two is, is always a struggle, even in practice. But I do wish that maybe we had one studio that was a little bit more like focused on design only, right? Which I know a lot of other, th that might go back to my point of that cross collaboration, right? Cause whereas the general students, they were very focused on form and on composition and materiality and articulation and such. Not that, I mean, we definitely touched that but it was in a very different capacity, right? So I really wish maybe we had focused on those aspects a little bit more for at least a studio or so. Um, and then be able to kind of strengthen the design um, of some of our, our more functional like needs of the project. But again, that's very specific to healthcare. So that would just be my one my one wish that we we could have maybe spent a little more time in design. But um, you know, that that being said, it's it's always gonna be that. I mean, it's even in practice, that's the balance, right? I mean, you work with designers who have never done healthcare, but they are very, very excellent at facade articulation and they move something and, you know, you have to work back and forth because they need to know what's what's informing it behind what's informing it, um, you know, behind the wall and in front of the wall and, and why something can work and why something can't. And yes, it could be about a form, but it also has to function. <laughs> so it's it's a constant, constant battle. So um, yeah. I do wish we had a little more of a development in, in design. They operate on kind of an every other year too. So because it's I'm a class of eight, the class above me was eight people or seven people, seven to eight. Um, but our office or our, our studio operated like an office of all of us together, right? So for our first semester, in order to kind of integrate, it was all 15 or 16 of us working on a vertical studio project, which you know kind of looks at the more macro site aspects of health. So we did a lot of like kind of larger landscape design and building placement and, understanding more of the sustainability aspects of that and narrowing it down. And then each person would take a parcel within this larger context, right? So we would do all the group work and the, you know, maybe you'd have the entire studio working on kind of all the site models and analysis and so forth. And then the next phase of it would be two or three of you kind of develop a specific section and an ethos, and then each of you take a specific piece to develop further. Um, and those pieces, you know, we've done doctor's housing, we've done, um, you know, low-income housing, yes, the housing can be part of that, but it's within a larger systemic context of like kind of a healthcare campus or a health environment. So the first semester was very general and kind of big I like that, but I loved it because you worked at all different scales. Um, and you came out with a project that was still like something that you did within it, but also something you learned from a teamwork together. And it was a great way to get to know your peers above you um, and kind of learn the process and so forth. And then our second semester, we split off into two, um, so my class of eight and then the class above me, um, they all worked on their comprehensive project or their thesis, right, in their second year. And we worked on an individual or smaller group project. And 
those ran, let's see, I, we did a small federally qualified healthcare clinic on campus. And then we also um, won a grant through NCARB um, to look at that further. And we, we did a whole research uh, development with them. Some of the second year projects in that time were, um, you know, Anjali Joseph, um, she was the uh, PhD student or PhD um, uh, chair and professor. She's fabulous. And she was, she won a big grant for the OR project. So part of them also worked on this design um, build of this operating room at MUSC in, in Charleston, which was really cool. And that was a four-year research grant. So we did parts of that as well. Um, and then of course I did the competition. So I feel like I had the time with a colleague of mine to do a rapid response, um, a vehicle for um, curbing communicable disease outbreaks. I'm trying to think of some of the other project types we did. I mean, we've done the whole hospital. We had, I mean, one of our semesters is very dedicated to a hospital, a tertiary hospital facility, which is important. Um, and then the other one can be kind of like, I, I elected to do a thesis, so a personal project that I wanted to work on. And so, I mean, in our other classes, we were able to be more exposed to a residential project, like for example, our professional practice class um, or some of our professional documentation classes of like learning, you know, CDs and how, how the progression of that goes. We would do smaller projects like that. But um, yeah, I guess to say this is, sorry, a long-winded answer, but there were aspects about those things integrated within parts of our projects, but like I, I didn't have to necessarily design a residential facility as, a, as part of a project, um, like only, right? It would be that within a bigger build. So, I mean, I guess you could say that that would have been nice too, maybe to, to do a different typology of project. But I figure too, if you're going to that specific program for healthcare, like, you know, that's what you want to do. Um, that's, you know, you get a lot of different angles to that. Uh, that was really helpful. What was your thesis about? So, um, as I mentioned before, it kind of started back in 2015 after winning that uh, the competition with my with my classmate, and so we kind of looked at those structures, and it was a rapid deployable model um, using uh, shipping containers and converting those into kind of these villages that were around Sierra Leone that could um, kind of prototype and rapidly assess uh, different specific needs for Ebola camps, but then like what happens to that after, you know, because so many of these, as we're seeing even right right now, um, so many of these facilities that we're converting or that we're kind of building in these cases, like, you know, you, they have a life after. Um, and I guess I wanted to marry that with some of the other work that I was kind of looking at in terms of um, prototyping and the concept of more of a sustainable pr approach, looking at, at policy more in terms of how how healthcare infrastructure and healthcare infrastructure policy can inform um, standards or inform and elevate health in general. So I kind of took those two ideas and um, again, was looking at more storefront I think it's like storefront primary care, primary care facilities that then um, turned into more storefront settings uh, within developing context. And like I said, I, I looked at um, doing kind of a health and healing village in, um, in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Um, it was a primary care facility at first that kind of evolved into more of a, more of a district health center. Um, but yeah, it was kind of using also the more informal aspects of your life and how health can integrate into that, right? Into more accessible settings um, for people rather than tertiary facilities, which is a trend we're seeing even here in the US, right? We're seeing a lot of those pop-up clinics and branding and kind of the whole total health and trying to be more accessible even on your phone now. So 
Um, yeah, so my thesis was looking at those prototypes and, and template design and kind of adapting those to different conditions. Um, and then, yeah, that, that was what got me into Global Health Corps. And, you know, we took that, I mean, Mass had done a lot of work in that realm already. Um, they worked with the Ministry of Health in Rwanda and also Liberia to develop their infrastructure standards, which were very similar prototypical examples, just at a, a bit of a larger scale. So is where I was looking in Ethiopia at um, healthcare clinics that were kind of a smaller like community health clinic scale. They were looking more at a, at a, a district hospital scale. Um, but it was cool because we were, that's still a very fluid document and we were able to inform it um, through the design and kind of the realization of two of the prototype hospitals. And I worked mainly on the urban one, um, which is I, my thesis was in the urban realm, right? So that was like perfect. I mean, I, I really got like my dream job. My dream, like it was really a really neat opportunity to work with them and and to to contribute. So yeah, um, and that project just got built. So I think it just opened this past month or two months ago, which is really exciting. Um, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I would love if someone did like a post occupancy evaluation on it just to see, you know, if if everything we designed to was able to be realized or if there were opportunities missed or what the lessons learned could be. Um, yeah, that would be the next step. What are your recommendations for people applying to architecture school uh, as far as their studies in architecture school? Um, what should they look out for? Uh, what should they do? What should they not do? Um, well, I think you told me this once actually, and it stuck with me. Like, would you rather be a big fish in a small pond or a, <laughs> a small fish in a big pond, right? So I think it really helped me to be a bigger fish in a smaller pond, um, for sure. I mean, it allowed me to have a lot of opportunities and um, that I otherwise probably wouldn't have in, in, a, bigger, <laughs> in a bigger pond. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think people should look at more than just the name brand of the school. I mean, I know, I struggled with that. I know that you know that because we went through this whole thing together. But again, I graduated at a time when I think the value of the brand name of architecture school was diminishing in lieu of what graduates could do after, right? I mean, I was we were in the middle of the recession and the first question people would ask you is what what can you do? Can you get started? Do you know these programs? Like, you know, and and that's that's still very real and I think even in this recession that we're going to inevitably go through again now it's going to be the same thing. So not that brand name doesn't carry a certain weight um, and the networks that you can derive from those are very valuable, but um, not just to do that for name brand sake, right? I mean, the individual attention, the the type of education you're going to get and just who you're going to be connected to, because I think that has been far more valuable and it's advanced me in my career um, is is who I know, who I was able to be exposed to and kind of that that network that you're building, um, because that's that to me is critical i mean no one asks me anymore like where'd you go to school what do you do <laughs> i mean they do but it's not that important right and um so but what's important is kind of your application of your education rather than the brand name of it and i don't know i think that was that was a really big lesson i think that's hard for architects to understand too or to, to let go of so <laughs> i don't know what about uh, once you know planning one's career? Uh, what should they? Uh, I guess it's never too early to begin planning your career even before you've attended architecture school. Right. So, your advice for young architects who are applying to architecture school now, as far as planning their career, aside from um, 
I mean, I think it's important. I would tell anybody before they apply to their master's program, if they have a background in architecture, to try to work in architecture, at least shadow an office um, and a reality before you decide to sign up for it, because even the experience in school is going to be far different than what practice is, right? So I know a lot of my colleagues have had shock coming out of school, having never practiced. Maybe they went straight from undergrad to graduate school, and then they get out and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so different than what I thought this would be. And, you know, either that's a good thing or sometimes that's a bad thing, you know? And then they're like, well, what did I do? This isn't what I want to do. Um, so I think just being really real about practice and, you know, we spend so much time learning to be designers but you know the reality is design is only a fractional part of the entire building process right and again it's not individual it's group work and there's so much more to it than you know than what, what you're going to learn necessarily in school so just knowing that and i think but but the translation of design thinking can happen even in an industry or a career beyond architecture right so i think that's been one of the biggest things that i've learned is um that you have skills that translate across multiple are valuable skills of problem solving and critical thinking and, and being able to see the possibility of something or to to spin a situation or a, a project um, into creating something much larger than the build product itself right i mean architecture does go beyond just that building um, and just just that object so i think keeping that in context too um, for young designers to realize that there are many other avenues that architecture isn't just going to be like you're going to sit in an office all day designing a building there are many and many other opportunities and it really is a good springboard and platform for that type of thinking right um and that those it can prepare you for a multitude of careers as well um but also to just you know i don't know have more exposure the better i don't know if these are all too lofty and too general mm -hmm.